well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you joined us on the program today. We've uh, got a lot to talk about, including news out of California where a, a bill that would ban gun shows on uh, state property is making his way through the state legislature. And uh, State Senator uh, Dave Min, uh, yeah, State Senator, I want to make sure it was a senator. I didn't want to demote him to assemblyman, but uh, State Senator Dave Min, who is the uh, sponsor of this legislation, has a uh, a big piece today at a, uh, a website called Cal Matters uh, promoting his ban on gun shows. You can uh, see the... Uh, Big graphic here. Gun shows don't belong on California fairgrounds. He says, look at those greedy hands reaching for a a black rifle that, by the way, has been banned in the state of California as well. Uh, Dave Mann starts out uh, his piece by trying to make the argument that uh, there's something unique and special about the United States in terms of the violence that uh, uh, we suffer. And that that violence could be curtailed uh, if only we could, you know, forbid people from buying firearms. He uh, writes, quote, no other developed country has levels of gun violence remotely close to what we experience in the United States. But we cannot allow this gun violence epidemic to be normalized. And to help address this, he says, I've authored Senate Bill 264, which would effectively end most gun shows at county fairgrounds in California, because I believe our state must take a stand and remove ourselves from the business of selling guns. Given the research showing that more guns lead to more gun violence, it's morally reprehensible, he writes, for our state to continue to promote gun violence by allowing the sale of guns and ammunition on taxpayer-owned property. So, first of all, let's debunk the idea that more guns leads to more crime. Uh, From the early 1990s up really through last year, violent crime in the United States declined by more than 50%. Homicides in the United States dropped by more than 50%. At a time in which millions of Americans purchased millions of firearms. We had more than 20 million Americans become concealed carry holders. We actually had the opposite of what Dave Men uh, is suggesting. He says more guns equal more crime. We had more guns and less crime from the early 1990s until last year. The availability of firearms for law-abiding Americans doesn't have an impact on the violent crime rate because violent criminals aren't following the law to begin with. Now, Min also says that uh, the state of California should take a stand and remove itself from selling firearms. Well, the state of California isn't selling firearms. The state of California, when uh, it allows gun shows on county or on state-owned county fairgrounds, is simply serving as the uh, the establishment where federally licensed firearms retailers uh, and even some private sellers uh, lawfully sell firearms under California law, which requires, by the way, a background check on every firearm transfer, a 10-day waiting period. So nobody's going to the gun store, buying a gun, and then walking out with it. At best, you're going to the gun uh, show, you see a firearm that you like, You tell the uh, individual behind the counter, hey, I'd like to buy that. Okay, they put you through a background check, and then you make arrangements to pick up your firearm 10 days later. That's what happens at gun shows in California. But that's too much for Dave Men. He says, quote, gun shows are essentially flea markets for firearms and are a primary. (laughs) Do you ever go through a background check at a flea market, by the way? I never have. 
Min says they're a primary mechanism by which unlicensed, unregistered, and illegal firearms are trafficked through secondary markets. According to research by leading policy organizations, gun shows often create the opportunity to circumvent gun safety laws and are a common venue for straw purchases and illegal gun transfers. Leading policy organizations, by the way, is code for gun control groups. Yeah, that's what Dave Min's talking about. And gun control groups say, you know, if you've got these gun shows, it doesn't matter if anybody's following. Everybody's following the law. You still have criminals circling around outside and they're, you know, buying guns on the secondary market. So you got to stop that stuff. In other words, the gun shows themselves are not the problem. It's criminals who are circumventing the law who are the problem. And Dave Min is blaming gun shows. He also says, quote, gun shows are a major conduit for the sale of ghost guns. Gun precursor parts designed to be assembled into a firearm. When my staff and I recently visited a gun show, the most popular vendors were selling ghost gun kits for Glock-like pistols and AR-15 style rifles. These ghost gun parts had no serial numbers and could be purchased with cash and carried right out of the gun show with no background checks or licensing. These untraceable ghost guns have become a top concern for law enforcement. Well, again, what he's talking about are things that aren't firearms. So, no, no background check is needed because it's not a firearm. You can buy a gun part without buying a gun. Now, gun control advocates like men would like to change that. They would like to uh, change the law so that even something that could eventually be turned into a firearm should be considered a firearm and should be serialized, despite all of the problems that that would entail. And, of course... With every regulation comes a criminal penalty. And so what Dave Min is suggesting is that uh, if you, you know, were to buy or even to sell an unfinished gun part, that should be a crime, right? Now, it's not just about regulating gun shows. It's about making new crimes out of your right to keep and bear arms. But Min says, look, even if no illegal or unlicensed firearms or ghost guns were sold at gun shows, there's still a compelling case to end these shows on public property. Gun shows are held for one purpose, to sell as many guns and as much ammunition as possible. And this, he says, has been deadly for California communities. Again, keep in mind, California has the most restrictive gun control laws in the nation. So if Dave Min is suggesting that the sale of firearms, the sale of a constitutionally protected item, drives violence, then what Daveman is suggesting is that we need to curtail the constitutional rights of Californians and American citizens in order to fight crime, which is nonsense, because as I just said a couple of minutes ago, from the early 1990s, really up through 2020, violent crime in the United States declined by more than half, homicides declined by more than half, without any new federal gun control laws on the books. Actually, I take that back. We did have the quote-unquote assault weapons ban from 1994 to 2004. And violent crime was declining before the ban went into effect. It continued to decline while the ban was in effect. And it continued to decline after the ban expired in 2004. So the idea that, well, the only way we can reduce violent crime is through gun control is ludicrous. But, of course, it is a fundamental tenet of the gun control ideology. And uh, Dave Mann is one of the uh, primary proponents of that ideology in California. So Dave Min says that uh, July 13th is the uh, next date that gun owners need to be aware of. Well, he didn't put it that way. I'm, I'm putting it that way. Uh, the Assembly Public Safety Committee is going to hear Senate Bill 264 on July 13th. Uh, California gun owners, 
I, I know that the fix is in. I mean, you've got an anti-gun supermajority in Sacramento in both the Assembly and the State Senate. But I would strongly encourage you to uh, still contact the members of the Assembly Public Safety Committee, because this is not only an attack on the right to keep and bear arms. This really is an attack on the First Amendment rights of gun owners as well. As we've uh, uh, talked about with Chuck Michelle, uh, head of the California Rifle and Pistol Association, you know, these gun shows in California, one of the reasons why anti-gun advocates like uh, men want to ban them is because they're a gathering place for gun owners. Men said, well, the only reason you got is to sell as much guns and ammo as possible. I don't think that's the only reason. Now, look, I'm sure the vendors want to sell as many guns and ammunition as possible. But they're also doing it in accordance with the draconian gun control laws of California. Every sale going through a background check, even sales of ammunition going through a background check at a gun show in California. So... What is this really about? I think this is about going after the culture of gun ownership. They don't want Second Amendment supporters to get together by the dozens or by the hundreds or by the thousands. They don't want groups like the California Rifle and Pistol Association or Gun Owners of California uh, able to set up booths and tables to attract members who in turn would help to fight the draconian gun control laws on the books in California. They want to stifle the exercise of a constitutionally protected right, not only the right to keep and bear arms, but our freedom of expression, our freedom of speech as well. Now, Dave Min may truly believe that he's doing this in the name of public safety, but he's wrong because this wouldn't stop violent criminals from illegally obtaining firearms. This would not stop violent criminals from using those illicitly obtained firearms in the commission of a violent crime. This law, or this bill that Dave Min wants to uh, turn into a law, is aimed directly at legal gun sales and at legal gun owners because to Dave men and gun control activists, they don't really want to talk about the violent criminals. They want to go soft on violent criminals. There's actually a bill in the California Assembly that would reduce the sentences for using a firearm in the commission of a violent crime. No, who they really want to go after, who they really want to target? You and me and the 100 million Americans who are exercising their Second Amendment rights. Because until we're dealt with, they can't really achieve their end goal, which is to eradicate the Second Amendment altogether. All right, let's turn our attention now to our uh, good deed of the day, our recidivist report, and our armed citizen story. We'll start with our recidivist report from uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia, about uh, four hours or so from Farmville off to the west in uh, Marion, Virginia, where a man who was originally facing years behind bars, uh, now getting away with time served. Circuit Court Judge Dennis Simmons told 36-year-old Andrew Thomas Wibley that it breaks her heart when she sees young people going in and out of jail. She's talking to a 36-year-old man, by the way. I wouldn't say that's really a young person. I say that's old enough to know better. She said, Weibel seems to be a strong and intelligent person who was capable of making better decisions and deserved to make better choices for himself. Quote, you don't need to spend the rest of your life in and out of jail. Weibel was one of uh, three suspects arrested in connection with a shooting at a motel in Marion, Virginia, in May of last year. He was taken into custody at a uh, hotel in New Jersey about a week after the shots were fired. Uh, nobody was injured in the shooting. The... Um, 
dispute apparently uh, stemmed from a, a drug deal. Uh, Deputy Assistant Commonwealth Attorney Keith Blankenship said that the prosecution had circumstantial evidence that Weibel had traveled to Marion, Virginia, from New Jersey to collect a minor drug debt. Uh, during a March preliminary hearing, one of Weibel's co-defendants, 26-year-old Charles Michael Funk, testified that Weibel and another co-defendant, 20-year-old Stephen Nathaniel Anderson, came to his home asking about a man who Funk said owed Weibel about $700 for pills. Uh, Funk told Mary Detectives that the trio parked the vehicle that they were in at the Flowers Bakery store just down the road from the Royal Inn in Marion, and that he and Weibel walked to the hotel looking for the man. Outside of the room, he told police, another man told him the man that they were looking for wasn't there, and uh, they started walking back to their car. As they were headed back to their car, he heard shots behind him, according to uh, Funk. He said he only heard the gunfire, didn't see the incident, but later saw Weibel and Anderson putting a black pistol under the seat in the vehicle. So this was getting ready to go to trial. And then Weibel ended up taking a last-minute plea deal. Most of the charges were dropped. Yeah, and he ended up pleading guilty to uh, just one minor charge. Although sentencing guidelines call for an active sentence of a year and nine months, the judge said, nah, that's all right. Uh, Instead, let's uh, sentence you to a year and seven months. uh, And we'll just call that time served. And then we'll give you uh, two years probation. Judge telling No Weibel that uh, he deserved better than the choices he had made and said, quote, it seems like you've got the ability to make a huge turnaround. Yeah. I mean, sure. I hope. I hope. I mean, at this point, you got to root for that outcome. But at the same time, Let's not talk about a 36-year-old man being some, uh, you know, young kid who should be making better choices. He's a grown damn man, and he made his choice. And the uh, judge in Smythe County, Virginia, appears to be okay with that choice coming with very few consequences. Today's Armed Citizen story from Southeast Houston, where a driver's been charged with aggravated assault for hitting a bicyclist and a, a bicyclist not facing charges for uh, shooting back at that driver. This happened on a Sunday afternoon. There was a uh, husband and wife out for a bike ride, and apparently a guy kind of drove up to him and said, hey, you shouldn't be riding bikes in this neighborhood. And, okay, whatever. And uh, he came back a couple of minutes later, actually hit the woman on the bike with her vehicle, knocking her to the ground. And that is when the uh, male cyclist, identified as her husband, uh, ended up, pulling out his firearm in fear for his life. He fired shots at the driver, thinking that he was going to be next. Uh, The driver, identified as Jose uh, Hernandez, has been charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. He was shot. He is expected to recover from his injuries. Uh, Police say that, uh, quote, the bicyclist was in fear of his life. He was trying to defend himself. Bicyclist both okay. And it looks like Hernandez is going to recover from his injuries as well. Again, going to be facing some felony charges, but the uh, bicyclist who acted in self-defense in defense of his wife, not facing any charges at all. Finally today, our good deed of the day from Marietta, Oklahoma, where an officer in the right place at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing to save the life of a sleeping truck driver after that truck caught fire. Uh, According to uh, Love County Assistant Emergency Manager David Bond, there was a semi carrying seven cars exiting I-35 when a rear tire blew out. After the uh, driver pulled into a nearby Valero, that tire then caught fire and spread to the rest of the uh, the car hauler. Fire damaging the cars that the semi was carrying spread to several vehicles parked nearby. One of them, occupied by a sleeping man, 
According to uh, David Bond, the Love County Assistant Emergency Manager, Marietta Police Officer Lance Glaze was able to wake up that sleeping man, uh, get him out of the vehicle uh, before the uh, blaze engulfed uh, his car. So thankfully, he is okay. The uh, Nobody actually was hurt in this blaze, believe it or not, not even the uh, driver of the semi. Uh, and I got to think in part that is because of the uh, quick thinking and quick actions of Marietta, Oklahoma, police officer Lance Glaze in the right place at the right time and willing and able to do the right thing. So, Officer Glaze, we thank you, sir, for your very good deed. Now, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Just a reminder to you, California gun owners in particular, make sure you are in uh, contact with your state assembly person and uh, urge them to reject the uh, unconstitutional attack on your First and Second Amendment rights coming from uh, Senator Dave Men. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. Don't forget as well, you can check out BearingArms.com throughout the day. You get cut up on uh, all of the latest news impacting your right to keep and bear arms. You can also become a VIP subscriber at Bearing Arms. Just go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. Use the promo code GUNS to get 25% off of your membership. You'll get exclusive commentary, analysis, news stories, but you'll also be helping to support programs like this one, where we can bring you the latest Second Amendment news each and every day. Until we talk again, thank you for your support. We'll see you here soon. But until we do, be well, be safe, and be free.